And now from Ephesians chapter 2. So then remember that at one time you Gentiles by birth called the uncircumcision by those who are called the circumcision, a physical circumcision made in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is the hostility between us. He's abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace, and might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross, thus putting to death that hostility through it. So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. This is the word of God for the people of God. This month, we're going to follow Paul as he explores what life in Christ promises to those of us who are connected with Jesus Christ. It is his testimony that having a relationship with Christ makes all the difference. It is his own story of how dramatically his life changed once he encountered Christ and developed this living relationship with God through Christ. Paul says it can happen for us also. We all hope that it does happen that way. As pastors especially, we hope that this proclamation we're making changes people's lives. But I began to read research fairly early in my ministry that says just because you claim the name Christian, at least in America, doesn't mean that it changes your life. George Barna is one who does lots of research, sometimes comparing Christians to non-Christians, sometimes looking at differences between evangelical Christians and non-evangelical Christians. You know what he finds? Not very much difference. He looks at marriage and divorce rates for Christians and non-Christians. Guess what? Same rate, no difference. He looks at how people spend their money, particularly on things like buying lottery trick tickets, going to the casinos and gambling. Guess what the difference is? Not much difference. He did find that those who said they were non-Christian did say that they smoked a little more and drank a little more. But then, of course, you have to wonder, did the Christians answer honestly? Or were they just saying what they thought they were supposed to say because they had professed faith in Christ? He did find that those who claimed the name Christian 
said that they volunteered to serve and the rates of that were much higher than those who were non-Christian. He also found among Christians that they said when they saw someone who was struggling, someone in need, someone they perceived needed some extra help, that Christians were much more likely to say they tried to do something to encourage that person or share a word of encouragement or support with those who are struggling. Yet Paul wants to argue the way of Christ can and should make a difference. Now, he uses different phrases, sometimes in Christ, sometimes through Christ, sometimes with Christ, sometimes he says to know Christ, but all of them are pointing to the same idea that a relationship with Christ can enrich and change and transform our lives and move us evermore into the image of Christ, move us to a place where our behavior actually looks like the behavior of Christ, that others might even be able to see in us God's love alive and pouring out into the lives of others. Paul says this can happen for us. In this passage, Paul combines this idea of being in Christ with being members of the household of God, as he says, and therefore proclaims that being in Christ leads you to become a dwelling place for God. Is your life a dwelling place for God? Do people see God dwelling in you are you embodying this way of christ in terms of your behaviors and your choices so that others might see what difference it can make paul says in his day that one of the difference it makes is that this hostility between jews and gentiles or jews and all the other people around them that there was a hostility that christ has overcome that there was a dividing wall that kept them apart. And that's been dissolved by the coming of Christ, that he's built a bridge, that he's made a connection so that the hostility and the divisions can be overcome so that people who know they are different in some ways can still live together in peace. He looks at this idea of peace and mentions three different aspects of peace. He says there's this kind of personal peace you can have there's a kind of social or relation relationship peace and then there's a spiritual peace or peace with God that comes with knowing Christ let's look at each of those for just a moment in verse 14 he writes for he that is for Christ is our peace it's a personal kind of peace a kind of calm or comfort or solace that Christ can bring into our personal lives but then he goes on in that 14th verse to say in his flesh he's made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall that is the hostility between us he's abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two so this idea of social peace or relationship peace that we can even though we have differences with people as followers of Christ, we can choose to live in harmony or in peace with others. And then he moves on there at the last part of the 15th verse to talk about this spiritual peace with God. 
thus making peace that might reconcile both groups to God in one body through the cross. And then verse 17, So he came and proclaimed peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, or through Christ, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So this kind of peace or wholeness or healing that can come to us this salvation paul says in other places that comes to us through christ but do you notice there in the 18th verse it's an early trinitarian formula he's talking about what happens in christ and how it connects us with the father through the power of the spirit paul's saying we had this group the jews the circumcision who had the special relationship with God through the covenants of promise. But he says now God has done this thing in Jesus Christ that opens up this relationship to any and all who might respond. It's no longer just the Jews under the Mosaic law, but anybody can come to God through Christ. God has opened a way has created a new path, a new avenue for any and all to access the power and the presence and the love of God in their own lives. Paul wants the Gentiles to remember what it was like without God. He mentions it back up there in verse 12. Remember that you were at that time without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. What a gift it would be, Paul is saying, if we would recognize what life without Christ is like and be willing to share that life with others, be willing to open that door to show others the path to share that love that we have come to know in Christ with others, Paul is saying makes all the difference in the world. Paul proclaims, but the good news is that, is that now all people can be in a living relationship with God through Christ and the cross. Henry Nouwen was a great spiritual writer, Roman Catholic priest and professor, prolific writer. He writes about what this is like when we're living life in Christ. I want to read you a few sentences he's written about it. He says something very deep and mysterious, very holy and sacred is taking place in our lives right where we are. And the more attentive we become, the more we will begin to see and hear it. The more our spiritual sensitivities come to the surface of our daily lives, the more we will discover, uncover a new presence in our lives. I really wish you an ever deeper peace. I know that that peace quite often lives underneath the turmoils and anxieties of our heart and doesn't always mean inner harmony or emotional tranquility that peace that God gives us quite often is beyond our thoughts and feelings. And we have to really trust that peace is there for us to claim 
even in the midst of our moments of despair. Who are we then in Christ? Paul wants us to remember that we are the ones who come to know the peace of God in Christ through the Spirit. He describes this in other places, in other letters. I want us to look at just one example of that before we finish. Over in Colossians, he's talking about this new life in Christ. And he writes this in Colossians 3. But now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of its creator. In that renewal, there is no longer Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, scythian, slave and free, but Christ is all and in all as God's chosen ones holy and beloved clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility meekness and patience bear with one another and if anyone has a complaint against another forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive And then this, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful. You hear again these different aspects of peace in this letter personal peace that can come and live in you or dwell in you social and relational peace in terms of relationships with others where there might be hostility but you choose peace and then in our relationship with God a sense of spiritual peace a sense of right relationship with God that you're in the right place and have opened yourself to God's love and God's grace and mercy to work in your life. Paul says this is what new life in Christ is all about. Lisa Hines is on our staff here working in the accounting department, but she served on the pastoral staff previously. She's worked in other churches and pastored in other places, now working with us in the accounting department on thursday mornings we have a staff chapel time it was her turn to lead recently and she reminded us of the book pilgrim's progress do you remember that book written all the way back in the 1600s by a guy named john bunyan he was actually in prison for he had been preaching outside the church of england and that was against the rules in those days all christians had to be inside the church but bunyan was inspired and gone rogue and was preaching on his own he's put in prison for it but he made good use of his time while in prison he wrote his spiritual autobiography 
He also wrote Pilgrim's Progress, which some say is the first novel ever written in English. It's been in print and been published all through these centuries. This version is by a guy named Gary Schmidt, who sort of updated the language and edited the story somewhat in 1994. Lisa read to us a few passages from this version. I really liked it. The story, if you don't know, is that the authors had a dream about a guy named Christian who's on a journey to the celestial city. And it tells you about all the trouble he runs into and all the different challenges he has and the different people he encounters, some who help, some who want to hinder him. He meets one guy named the interpreter who gives him some advice about staying on the hard path and going straight with it. This fellow feeds and shelters him and then Christian is ready to go again. I want to read you a few verses of how this goes. Christian looked ahead at the path. It was rough but straight. A high wall assures salvation ran alongside the path, and Christian was eager to begin despite his heavy burden. Throughout the story, he's been carrying this burden on his back. It's become so heavy that now when he walks, he is bent over. He is hoping to somehow get rid of the burden, but as the story continues the straps get tighter and tighter until this point in the story the interpreter raised his hand in a blessing and says to christian the comforter always be with you christian to guide you to the city and so christian took his leave and turned to the path He did not ask if the interpreter could relieve his burden. He knew that that time would come when it would come. And though he did not know it, the time was upon him. He came to the bottom of a steep hill where a dark tomb gaped open at one side. He began to climb the hill, but it grew steeper and steeper so that soon he was crawling without perhaps, with perhaps the last of his strength, he reached the top and looked up. There before him stood a cross. The sun now fully up, shining splendidly on its dark wood. The straps of the burden loosed, the knots unraveled, the pack shifted weight, and then it rolled off. It fell to the ground and crashed down the hill, rolling faster and faster until it tumbled into the mouth of the open tomb. Christian never saw it again. And then the author writes, In my dream, I saw the burden lifted from Christian's shoulders, and I watched it tumble into darkness. I was filled with an unaccountable joy as though it had fallen from my own shoulders and I wanted to do something to sing perhaps or to run or twirl about my arms flung out to gather the sunlight it was only the beginning of the journey but it was a good beginning for both of us 